You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, good morning again, and happy Easter again. So great to see you all today. So this is news that will not surprise anybody who knows me well, but I'm a person who likes routine. And uh, I don't know what all these laughs are about. I'm a person who likes routine and part of my nighttime routine, just about every night, is to get my clothes out for the next day. And I wanna know if anybody here is with me. All right. There's a few kindred spirits, some who are too ashamed to admit it. And for the rest, we'll have a special time of prayer a little later. (laughs) Why do we do do that? Those of you brave enough to raise your hand and admit that you get your clothes out the night before, why do we do it? Well, for me, it's because I like to be prepared. Now, it's not not much. it's about 30 seconds probably that it saves me, but it's this little bit of work that I can do today that saves me a little bit tomorrow. I think there's maybe something about morning too, right? But, but it's, it's just a little bit of time, but it makes a difference to be prepared. Well, did you know that in the Jewish tradition, there is a whole day for this? In the Jewish tradition, there's a whole day Uh, Friday known as the day of preparation. And if Friday is the day of preparation, there must be something happening Saturday to prepare for, right? Well, in Judaism, Saturday is the Sabbath. And if you know the Jewish law, and and many of you do, you know at least part of it, you know uh, a big part of it called the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, that's, that's kind of the foundation of the Jewish law. And if you know that law, you know that the Sabbath is set aside as a day of rest, a day to eliminate the need to do any work. And so on Friday, the day of preparation, you did all the preparing you needed to do for Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath. Now at this point, you might be thinking, well, I wonder if he knows that it's not Friday or Saturday, but that it's Sunday and it's kind of a big Sunday. It's kind of the biggest Sunday of all. It's the pinnacle of the year. It's the the acme of the Christian calendar. And maybe we should focus on that instead of these strange Jewish customs that you're telling us about. And maybe you're right. Maybe we will. We're We're gonna read the miraculous Easter story today from the Gospel of Luke. But as we read it, I want us to remember that the very first Easter was being experienced by a band of faithful Jewish disciples whose rabbi had just been crucified. Now Luke is an amazing storyteller and this narrative is, uh, is a beautiful narrative. At the end of Luke 23, He's detailing the events that took place at the end of Friday into Saturday. And I want you to to just remember Friday with me for a minute that a man named Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, 
He was part of the council of Jewish religious leaders and he had asked Pilate for permission to take Jesus's body to the tomb. And so Luke is telling us at the end of chapter 23, what was happening on Friday. Let's look at it together. Luke says it was the day of preparation, that's Friday. And the Sabbath, that's Saturday, was beginning. The women who had come with him, Jesus, from Galilee followed. And they saw the tomb and how his body, Jesus's body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Now, later on in this story, these women are named, but at this point, all we know is that there are these women who have been with Jesus a long time. They've been with him since he was in Galilee. They really are his disciples and they are following good Jewish custom. And they're doing it in a couple ways. The first thing they're doing is they're observing the day of preparation. They're doing what you're supposed to do on the day of preparation. They're preparing so they don't have to work on the Sabbath. On the day of preparation, these women are preparing spices and ointments for the burial of Jesus. Also, according to Jewish custom, what they are doing would be the responsibility of the women in the family. It was the women's job to uh, prepare the body of a loved one for burial. Now, this isn't the the main point of today's message, but it's a point that I think is worth making. These women were not the blood relatives of Jesus. They were not his family members, and yet they were the ones who were doing the preparing that the family members would customarily have done. I think this gives us a window into the loyalty that they felt toward Jesus, the way that they viewed one another, the, the reality that they saw him as their family. We've talked before about how our relationship with Jesus ought to redefine all of our other relationships. And it's clear that that was the case here. Now, uh, why are these women preparing these ointments for Jesus's burial when the scripture we just read tells us that Jesus has already been buried? Did you notice that? So they went with Joseph and saw the tomb and saw where Jesus's body was laid. And then they went to prepare these ointments for his burial. Well, to understand why they are doing this, we've got to, to get ourselves in the, in the perspective from the framework of these faithful Jewish people. And so let's put ourselves in the place of Joseph and of Nicodemus, who are the Jewish leaders who took Jesus's body from the cross. As Jesus is about to die, it's late Friday afternoon. The Sabbath began at sundown Friday night. And so these these faithful Jews are facing a very practical problem. If they don't hurry and do something with the body of Jesus before sundown, then they're not going to be able to work on the Sabbath to prepare his body. They're not gonna be able to move his body and the body of Jesus will have to sit out unprotected for an entire day until they're able to work again at sunup on Sunday morning. 
No work was permitted on Saturday. And so in the waning hours of Friday, as the daylight was wearing away, Joseph and Nicodemus prepared Jesus's body as quickly as they could. And they laid his body in an unused tomb that Joseph knew about, a tomb that was nearby. What's interesting is that Joseph and Nicodemus knew that this was a temporary tomb but they thought it was temporary because they were gonna have to move the body again when they had more time to do the work they needed to do. They didn't know what God had in mind and why it would be temporary for another reason. And so Joseph and Nicodemus laid the body of Jesus gently in this tomb and they rolled a stone in front of the opening so the tomb would be sealed and his body would be safe from predators or any other Uh, foul play. And then they began their Sabbath rest. And as they were, as they were doing those preparations, the women in the story go and prepare the spices and the ointments because they're not allowed to do that on Saturday either. And so they do that as quickly as they can on the day of preparation. I don't, I don't think we recognize this timeline often. I don't think we think about it in this way, but I wanna make sure that we, we see the timeline, we see the way that things transpired between Friday and Sunday. Jesus died Friday afternoon and was taken to a nearby temporary tomb, really out of convenience more than anything else. And the women, who had been following Jesus, they, they went and saw where he was buried and then they went to do their preparations before the Sabbath began. And this passage from Luke tells us that they rested on Saturday before continuing the burial process on Sunday. And so I imagine a conversation like this between these women and, and these Jewish disciples of Jesus, Joseph and Nicodemus. I imagine that the women said to them, when the sun comes up Sunday morning, we'll take the spices that we've prepared and we will uh, complete the preparation for the permanent burial of Jesus's body. And then a couple hours later, when we've had time to do the work that we need to do, you can come and move his body to its final resting place. Did you ever wonder why the women came to the tomb that morning? I think that I, I kind of thought that they were visiting the, the grave of a loved one like we would do. That's not why they came. Scripture tells us why they came. They came to the tomb that morning to complete the burial process, to finish what they did not have time to do on the Sabbath. It was to continue the work that they had to stop Friday night. And that is what Luke tells us at the beginning of chapter 24. Look at it with me. It says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. That tells us why they were there. They came with the spices they had prepared because they intended to continue preparing the body of Jesus for its permanent burial. Now, Luke's narrative has quickly moved us from Friday to Sunday. We've only read four verses this morning. And in those four verses, we've gotten through all three days. And uh, the, the, I've got a slide actually up here to show you how quickly Luke moves. In, in verse 54 of 23, he says, it was the day of preparation. That's Friday. 
Two verses later in verse 56, he says, on the Sabbath, they rested, that's Saturday. And then in the very next verse, which happens to be the first verse of the next chapter, he says, but on the first day of the week, that is Sunday. So Luke moves us so quickly in four verses through three days, and it's no wonder he moves us so quickly from Friday to Sunday, because Luke knows the end of the story. He wants to tell us the good news that is coming. And he tells us the main point of his story as we continue reading in verse two. He says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the son of man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. The truth was Jesus had been trying to prepare his disciples for what was to come. Many times throughout his ministry, he alluded to this idea indirectly but in this instance, this instant, the instance that these angels are discussing with the women, uh, it's a very clear and direct reference that they're making. It's recorded in chapter uh, nine of Luke. Jesus was still with his disciples in Galilee and Peter has just realized who Jesus is. He's just recognized that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus, who knows that the time is not right for his identity to be known, he tells his disciples to keep this news quiet. And then he tells them this in Luke 9, 22, the son of man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. Jesus had shared this with his disciples just a little while before. And so the angel's question for these women on that Sunday morning is, why would you come here to the tomb when he told you that he would be alive again? And the women are amazed. And I don't think they're amazed because they didn't believe Jesus those times that he alluded to this idea or referenced it directly. I don't think that they didn't believe him. I just think the chaos and the emotion of all of it was too overwhelming for them. And in the face of, of such despair, it would be easy to forget what Jesus had said. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been despairing to the point that you can't remember what Jesus said? You can't remember the grace and the mercy that he has to offer? Well, there's good news today. When life is overwhelming and when it feels like hope is lost, there is still an empty tomb. Yeah. And Jesus's empty tomb is the sign that nothing is outside God's capability. Even when the circumstances around you may cause you to forget God's promises, when life overwhelms you, it doesn't overwhelm him. 
If death wasn't too big for God to take care of, then nothing else is either. You know, one of the things that amazes me about this story is that the empty tomb is part of their despair. It looks to them like the ultimate case of adding insult to injury, right? Not only has their, their rabbi, their leader, their friend, their Lord been unjustly and cruelly murdered, but now someone has had the, the audacity to come and take his body? How, how could this happen? It would have felt so wrong to them. The, the empty tomb was the cause of their despair until it wasn't. Until they got a little bit of a different perspective, until these angels said to them, the tomb is empty because he has risen. You know, earlier we talked about what a difference three days can make. How about what a difference three words can make? He has risen and their perspective changes completely. The empty tomb is no longer cause for despair, but for great rejoicing. Amen? The empty tomb is still cause for us to rejoice today. And on that first Easter Sunday, standing in that empty tomb, those angels asked those women a very simple question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And today, on this Easter Sunday, I wanna ask you, why do you look for the living among the dead? Where do you go when you look for life? How many times have we known what we needed was Jesus, but instead we have wandered around in a graveyard seeking comfort or satisfaction or temporary pleasure in something else, something dead? I wonder how many times we've known what we needed was the resurrection power of the Spirit but instead we sought answers in things that only bring temptation, sin, and death. When you have needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, but instead you opted for alcohol or ice cream, some other substance that numbs for a little while, when have you needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, but instead you grabbed your phone and scrolled through Facebook or Insta or TikTok? When have you needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, but instead you grabbed the remote and lost yourself in the next episode of Netflix? When have you needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, but instead of seeking him and nurturing your relationship with him, you turned to an unhealthy relationship, a sinful relationship, or a, a false relationship with a person on a screen who makes you feel empty and alone? When have you needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, but instead you swiped your card one more time, just one purchase away from the satisfaction that you seek? When have you needed God to breathe resurrection life into you, 
but instead you just increase the intensity of your workout or you, you tweaked your diet a little bit because all you need is, is better physical health or you just picked up the next self-help book because all you need is better emotional or mental health. Folks, I wanna tell you that I think physical and emotional and mental health are really important things that we ought not disregard, but they aren't enough by themselves. They don't give new life. They are not Jesus. And when we invite God to breathe new life into us, when we rely on Jesus instead of anything else, our physical and our emotional and our mental health, will they take a positive turn too? And I wonder any time that you've gone to one of those places for your resurrection, instead of to God Almighty, I wonder how that's worked for you. Have you found those things enhance your life? Have you found that any of those things can make you a new creation? I haven't. I've never found anything else that can make me a new creation. They've always let me down. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What if instead you looked to the life giver? Four weeks ago, we started this series, Transformed, and today we close this series. And our prayer throughout the Lent season has been that God, the potter, would be shaping us into the vessels he wants us to be. The truth is, if we want to be vessels shaped and used by God, we have got to stop looking for the living among the dead. Amen. We've got to stop acting like the abundant, eternal, grace-filled life we long for can come from anything other than Jesus. We've got to stop turning to, to worldly, temporary, empty devices, hoping they can bring us life. Only one God, one power, one spirit could bring Jesus out of the tomb on Easter. And that is the same God, the same power, and the same spirit who can resurrect you and me today. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. We're going to open the altars as Pastor Jonathan sings. And I want to just invite you, if you have been looking for the living among the dead, I want you to come to the life giver. Come and pray and invite God to breathe his resurrection power into your life. The truth is no one can resurrect you but God. Come to the altar as we sing together. I want to invite you to stay on your feet just for a minute. I'm not quite done. You know, Easter Sunday is an interesting day in the church. Every year we know we will see scores, maybe even hundreds of people who don't make church involvement a regular part of your life. And if that's you, if you're here today and you haven't been here in months and as of right now, you don't plan to be here again until maybe Christmas. I wanna take just a minute to address you if you would allow me to do so. I wanna tell you that if you desire to follow Jesus, 
you need the church. And I wanna let you in on a little, uh, the other side of that, that maybe you hadn't thought of, but the church needs you too. You have something to offer the body of Christ that no one else has to offer. And I believe to the core of my being that if you decide not to be a regular part of our church community, we won't be able to do everything God wants us to do. And so I wanna to just say to you, don't, don't wait to come back. Come back, dive in, engage, get connected, get involved. See if you might find some resurrection in your life. And next week would be a great time to start. We're gonna start a new series next week. Pastor Jonathan will be preaching to kick off the series that will lead us into the summer. And we hope that you'll be here to join us for it. As you go this week, don't look for the living among the dead. Instead, seek the resurrection power of the life-giving God. He is risen. Amen. Happy Easter. Thanks for being here today. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.